listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by my mom, who just cut out for whatever reason, and Vance Luke. I was going to say, this does, these people don't look like John Schuster. They don't look like Brad Alice. They don't look like anything like that. Although my dad has a similar uh, hairstyle to John Schuster right there. But these are my parents, and we're going to talk a lot of sports, a lot of quirky nature, a lot of Ludols, and a lot of Tommy Lloyd, and again... Back the A right there. It was raised into me at this point right there. All right. So, again, Vance Luke, Janet Luke, thanks for hopping on right here. Appreciate you guys. Dad? Good to be here. All right. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I want to talk about how I got started into sports and some of my best memories about the U of A and what was going on. But we have to be able to give these people the right uh, the right due. But first... Let's just talk about Tommy Lloyd here for a second here, because we're all big fans of Tommy Lloyd in this family. We're going to go all down memory lane with Lute Olson. But guys, watching Tommy Lloyd coach, watching the style of play, it's very nostalgic for me because that's basically how I grew up watching TV at your guys' place. Who wants this first? Yeah, it's like going. What? Going back in time. Mom, you're buffering a whole bunch right there. To watch. Uh, Dad, can you, why don't you go first? About you watching TV? Well, yeah, basically just, you know, basically the sports odyssey. When we met Chris Mills, how about that? Well, that was kind of a cool thing. We were uh, at one of our, at that time, we did not uh, have a Wildcat membership like we do now. But back then we managed to get to one of the games and Chris Mills came out on the parking lot. And you were you were completely surrounded, or not you, but Chris Mills was completely surrounded by hundreds of kids who wanted to, to get his autograph and shake his hand and so forth. And you were just kind of standing there back as politely as you could. And all of a sudden, he noticed you and kind of worked his way through the the crowd and came over and uh, made your day. So right, say. Mom, watching Tommy Lloyd right now. What do you? What does Janet Luke think of Tommy Lloyd and what we grew up watching with Lute Olson right here? What does Janet Luke think, Mommy Bird, as I call her? Well, I feel like we've gone back to a kinder, gentler time where basketball is a family endeavor, and that's just that's really with my mom hat on here for a second. That's just really gratifying to see. I think it was a great fit to bring him in, and he obviously cares about his players, and um, that shows, and I think the fans care about him. Yep, and that's the thing, too. People don't get it. If you're not from Tucson, if you didn't grow up here, you don't really – I mean, yes, you get it, but you don't get it to a certain extent because everything revolved around Arizona basketball here, and their big reason for that is Lute Olsen right here. By the way, one of my most prized – Lute Olsen right here signed this. I don't know where it got this signed, but I will ask my dad that. But – If we could bring up a picture here that I want to get to, it's one of my favorite pictures, the picture of me with Sean Elliott at the Sean Elliott camp right there. This to me is it. This was the highlight. Basically, there we go. Every, (laughs) every summer I went to the Sean Elliott basketball camp at Choya high school right there. Sean Elliott, the goat, the best player of all time. And that's essentially when, and every kid there wanted to be like Sean Elliott. And that was something that was just so unique. I think for so many kids growing up that you had this sense of community. You had this sense that I want to be like him. I felt I knew him. And that was just really, that was a unique, unique opportunity right there in life. Just especially when it came to those kind of guys, we're going to get to some more pictures right there. But what do you guys remember about the Sean Elliott camp and taking me, uh, um, (laughs) taking me to some of those things? Well, I remember driving you over there all the time, and I know you were really excited. Uh, and I was excited to see it too. And uh, <laughs> trying to remember, uh, I know he really motivated you. We had a, a eight foot basketball hoop that you must have spent twelve hours a day on with you with everybody else in the neighborhood. It was kind of kicked off your your sports career. I do remember that, and I remember many of the different camps you went to, including uh, the. The one with uh, Metal Arc Lemon and yeah, well, 
We'll, we, we will get, we'll get to those, but mom, like, again, you were the, you also were shepherding me for, you know, to and from, but there was always just a sense when it came to Arizona basketball, that that's just what every kid wanted to do. Every kid wanted to be like it. And if we could bring up uh, Jacob, that picture of me shooting hoops right there in the uh, garage or in the garage or the carport, this is, I kid you not. This is the spot to be on 702 North Magda, right there. This was the spot. Everybody in the community came over there. You had the Hills, you had the Carrillos, you had everybody. And everybody wanted to be the next Arizona basketball great, even though the Hills rooted for North Carolina. And it was on this rim that it happened right there. And again, I thank you guys for putting this rim up for me because I don't know what I would have done without this rim right here. Yeah, and we were excited in that picture when obviously you can see that the ball is actually getting clear up to the rim because I'm not sure you started out being able to do that. So You were an underhanded shooter to begin with, I recall. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about how the Odyssey really started. But first... All right. You guys don't like betting. I do like betting. But you know what? BetMGM is here for all of us right here. And we are privileged to be partnered with BetMGM uh, here at PHNX. And here's the deal. Now, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And when you look at it, let's just say that you're like my dad and you grew up and you know what? You were more into, um, you were poor Kevin Woodman hopping in right here. Great photo or those black socks. We'll get to those in a sec. But the, uh, the thing with, um, the thing with uh, uh, betting, though, is that it makes things fascinating if you don't have any skin in the game right there. And again, you could be like my parents, and their highlight is watching Charles Barkley and Inside the NBA and uh, watching the Phoenix Suns. If you even don't have that interest, you could hop onto BetMGM and let's hear Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. All right. Well, I tried on the disclaimer right there. No disclaimer, but all right. Now let's talk then. Let's let now let's go down the, uh, let's go down the legacy a little bit. All right. This thing right here to me is essentially how my basketball career here at the U of A started. And we're going to tell dad about, talk about dad saving my life right here as I became a little too, a little too into the game. So parents would always take me to the bowling or parents would always go to the bowling alley. Um, and uh, Brunswick, Saturday night, bowling. And again, I had no interest in this because, again, I was uh, – this is before I became interested in sports. I was a I was a well-fed kid. I'll put it to you like that. Um, and I didn't get the most exercise in the world. And so mom and dad would always go bowl on Saturday night. And I was bored out of my mind. And so I went into the Brunswick bar. And up in the corner, they had a um, – they had a uh, a little TV, and it was Arizona playing New Orleans, led by Irvin, not Magic Johnson, right there. And from then on, I was hooked. Ted Wardo has entered the equation. Hello, Ted Wardo. We will get to Ted Wardo here in a minute. But from then on, I was hooked. And it was really, really easy for me. And I was thinking to myself it was really easy because Arizona just won every game. I'm like, man, this rooting stuff's easy. You got to remember my mom, born and raised in Nebraska. We will get to that. I grew up winning championships. I mean, that's just the way it is. I'm like, man, this stuff's easy. This rooting for a sports team's easy. Little did I know Arizona basketball, though, and some of the ups and downs you would have. So Arizona plays Santa Clara, led by Steve Nash, and um, Arizona lost that game. And I did not expect Arizona to lose that game in the first round. And I'm getting very upset, and I start choking on uh, start choking on chicken. Uh, don't insert your dirty joke right there. But I um, and again, it was my mom's garlic chicken. And again, so I start choking on there because I'm so mad and I'm yelling at the screen. And then so my dad has to come over and tip me over. And from then on out, for about six months, for anybody that knows me, this will be uh, this will be a uh, interesting story. I had an eating disorder because I was scared to eat from there back then on. I'm sure you guys remember this. I, I do because, again, with my mom hat on, you went from a husky 
70 pounds at the time down to 60 pounds, which a 10-pound weight loss when you're only starting at 70 was kind of scary. Mom, you're, you're cutting out a little bit when you talk right there. It's a little grainy. Maybe it, um, can you hear all right, Dad? I can hear Dad? you fine. All right, what did you what do you think, Dad, during this time? And did you realize that the Arizona sports career was about to take was about to take hold? Well, you know, I uh, I really wasn't following sports all that much, uh, at least on TV. Uh, but I did. I was noticing you becoming thinner and thinner and thinner every day, and it was starting to concern me. Uh, but uh, you grew out of it. I did I grow out of it, but that was my first real memory, though of thinking to myself, man, this is a little bit different right here. But because again, I went from 60 or 75 to 65 pounds. And when you're nine or 10 years old, you're not supposed to do that, mom, as a public health nurse, which my mom is. That's right. Yeah, it was right. scary. Yeah. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about my folks right here because I didn't really get any of their good qualities, um, but uh, we need to talk a little bit about them. My dad, has five degrees, not three, not four. He has five. A PhD, obviously, uh, college professor taught. My mom, only with two degrees, though, the public health nurse right there. But um, dad grew up. Well, dad, you tell you tell the folks out there a little bit about your humble beginnings, and then mom will get to hers. My humble beginnings. I, I, I grew up the son of a coal miner in, in Pennsylvania who was also an engineer, by the way. And uh, we moved to Ohio back when I was five. And that, that's where I basically grew up. And the only sport that I was really interested in at that time was baseball. I played it about 15 hours a day from the time I got up until the time I came home late at night. And, right. Uh, and then what made you decide? And you actually lived in Nebraska for a little bit as well. Well, that was totally unbeknownst to your mother. I was a Vista volunteer in Grand Island. And... Uh, I was there for about two years and I had a good time, had a great time. I, I worked mostly with Hispanics and, and, and senior citizens and uh, enjoyed myself tremendously. Now, there was a kind of a crazy thing about Grand Island. Uh, about once every 10 years, a tornado would come by and level about one third of the city and then we'd go on. And, all right. So you go to Ohio State. Tell the people there, first of all, you got a couple good memories here, a couple good uh, Woody Hayes, the great Woody Hayes right there. Um, Obviously, we'll get to that. But why don't you tell them about the roommate that was very interested in um, making sure that he could study while he went into the shower. And the other well, roommate. And the other. <laughs> well, I had four roommates at Ohio State. I stayed in a very uh, strange dorm. But uh, I had one roommate that was a serious uh, student. He was so serious that he would he would actually laminate or at that time just cover his homework with uh, with scotch tape and take it into the shower and study. Uh, he was always studying. But then I had another roommate that was a hockey player for for the U for uh, Ohio State. Uh, he didn't he wasn't too well known for his uh, academic pursuits, but he liked to harass my my other roommate who student was very studious. I remember one night he he uh, I told him you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna need to have stop uh, harassing uh, my roommate. Or I'm going to have to turn you into the whatever they call the director of the dorm. Hmm? And he would come in about two o'clock of the night and wake up my roommate and start screaming and hollering at him. And I finally had enough, so I I went and turned him into the uh, the counselor at the dormitory. And by the time I got back, he was gone, and my entire desk was covered with with uh, rubber cement uh, and all of my homework <laughs> and everything else. That, so you guys didn't leave on you guys didn't leave on a good uh, probably on the best of relationships. No, right that, was not, that was not our, a good party to say the least. All right. Well, you know what? Mom was so repulsed by that she checked out right there. I would assume we'll be finding her. We'll be finding her back here at some point. Now, so let's talk a little bit then about Arizona basketball here. Once you we get into Tucson here, um, what uh, about? Because you grew up, like I said, you went to Ohio State. What about Arizona basketball just kind of caught your attention, just kind of caught your eye? Because you're not a big competitive sports fan. You're right. I really didn't uh, watch uh, sports on TV or anywhere, for that matter, uh, until you became interested. And uh, then all of a sudden I became very interested. And, and what is it you're asking? 
you know, just about what was a little bit different, just kind of about, you know, Arizona and whatnot, because again, it was always on in the background, 100% always on in the background. So it was always background elevator noise for you. That's true. That's true. And, uh, I became very interested after that. And, uh, I'm trying to think, uh, definitely, I guess your mother's, did you lose contact? The router's off. Oh, can you hear me, Michael? I can hear you. Go ahead. You're fine. I must be working. You want to just come in here with me? Just come, Mom. Just come in there. It's fine. Why don't you just sit next to me? Okay. All right. Well, here. Uh, so, but you know what? This is this is time for a read. We're gonna re uh, we're gonna recalibrate right here. This is time for a read right here. But guys, have you ever been to Circle K? Absolutely. All right. Now yeah. that actually wasn't where I was going with that. Have you gotten? Have you been to Tap and Bottle before? Uh, once or twice. Yes. All right, Tap and Bottle. Tap and Bottle Watch Party. Scott, Rebecca, they do a great job right there. And, again, my parents have been down there. They don't even drink and they go down there. That's how cool this place is. You got to check it out. Tap and Bottle, again, support local and Mountain Mike's Pizza. All right, Mountain Mike. I am not Mountain Mike. Some people think I'm Mountain Mike. Um, I, am, uh, I, am not, um, I am not Mountain Mike, so it's okay. But here's where we're at. You can head over to the mountainmikespizza.com uh, or to their uh, Mesa Chandler or Tucson locations to place your next order. Remember, new diehards get a $50 voucher upon setting up. All right. This was just called a uh, we're just rehuddling right here. And because Ted Wardo wanted to get into this equation as well. Now. We're going to talk a little bit about mom's background because I am wired far more like my mom than I am my dad. Um, mom grew up in a big, big sports uh, household. And again, um, mom grew up in a big sports household. And mom, what do you think? Well, it wasn't that big, but I did have two older brothers that played uh, pretty much every sport from junior high through high school. My one brother played basketball in college. And then my father was really hooked into sports. Of course, he would follow the boys. And then- Jacob, if we could pull that picture up of my grandpa playing basketball. Right, (laughs) yeah. I don't know, Jacob, I think I had to move on for a second right here, but go ahead. Um, And then my dad got season football tickets at Nebraska before it was cool to do that. This was back when Bill Jennings was the coach before Bob Devaney. And so they were winning like three games a season or whatever. So in fact, we still have those tickets in the family, but my dad would go, he was not fun to go with him to a Nebraska football game because he would sit there and have his earpiece in listening to the game on the radio while he was watching it from the 20 yard line. And you didn't interrupt him at all during the game. But right. anyway, so that was my background. I mean, it was just steeped in sports. And of course I grew up on Nebraska football, definitely. And right. coming to Arizona then it was nice to be able to transition from, well, not right away because we had the Ben Lindsay year, but uh, when Luke came transitioning into a powerhouse basketball program. So I've always loved sports. All right. So always been a big sports fan. Mom is also a, uh, mom is also a feisty person. I'd like to consider myself feisty as well. Right there. The great Kevin Woodman has hopped in right here as well. Kevin, a, uh, let's go back to Kevin. Your mom could not be cuter. Kevin. Um, <laughs> Kevin is the one that I got to give Kevin a lot of credit right here. Kevin is the one that put me on air and, um, and, uh, um, and it was much against uh, his immediate uh, boss. So Kevin Woodman will always, always hold a very strong spot in my heart right there. And um, let's see here. Who was Mama Luke's favorite player at Nebraska? Derek Pivko asking that. I got my favorite player. I'll let you go first, though, Mom. Oh, wow. There were so many of them. Of course, who who didn't like maybe not personally as time went on, but Johnny Rogers was, you know, that he was probably the epitome. Johnny Rogers for sure. Right there. Now, Tommy Frazier was mine. 
And again, yes. when I was when I was growing up, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this stuff's easy. Be going three national titles in the 90s. Arizona basketball from about 93 to about 01 was as good as anything, any team, any entity in the country. And I'm thinking to myself, this is easy. And then it becomes not easy. And then, you know, you have the end of the loot era. You have our good friend Kevin O'Neill who takes over. And then Dick Tomey's run out of town. And then you have John Makovic. So again, I'm thinking to myself, man, this really isn't that uh, this really isn't that easy. Now, Kevin Woodman asks, Dad, did either of you play sports? Dad, you want to tell him about trying to play football until you were uh, you were thrown at the. Well, I was uh, it, it, as a ninth or as a ninth grader, I only weighed 95 pounds, but I needed I felt I had to prove something. Is this the question? Is this the one you're asking me about? Yeah, with the quarterback. I went out for the uh, went out for the football team, and we played teams like Maslin, Ohio. So uh, we were in a pretty serious league. Uh, Paul Brown, I think, at one time was the was the coach of uh, Maslin. But anyway, uh, I went out for that, and they always gave me all the crummy stuff because I really wasn't very good, and I was way too small to be playing this sport. They gave me the cardboard helmet, you know, that went like that. The and- cardboard helmet, Kevin Woodman, you know that reference. Can I hear Kevin? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so anyway, the, uh, we were playing Springfield in a scrimmage, and uh, we were getting clobbered, so it was time to put in the, uh, as you, I think you referred to it as the garbage detail or whatever. Right. And uh, so the coach was talking to the other coach. He said, uh, what's that guy at the end of the bench? Who is that guy? I, said, I think his name is Luke or something like that. And I'm just looking around and, and all of a sudden, uh, the guys next to me said, hey, Luke, hey, Luke, they want you out there. And I said, oh, so I run out to the huddle and I say, what am I supposed to do, guys? And they said, well, we want you to play deep back. I said, where do I stand? And uh, so they put me there and I was so small that uh, the first guy that came through the line didn't even see me and he tripped over me. It looked like a pretty impressive tackle at the time. And then the, <laughs> the next uh, play uh, somebody went out uh, on the other side of the thing. It was called a, a pass left or something like that. And uh, I ran out there and uh, and uh, and tackled him. And he fell on my helmet that was made out of cardboard, kind of like slow. And uh, I was a little uh, doopsy to say the least. So that 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 stopped the play. And uh, they the coach said, "Well, did you watch go in and play a quarterback?" Fortunately, there was only about. 30 seconds left in the game because I only knew one play and the opposite of it. So I did a, I did a, a pass off and the guy made it through some pretty good space. And then the next uh, play, I called a, what was called a 58 pass left. And uh, the guy went way out to get it. And I all of a sudden noticed all of these big humongous guys coming at me and I closed my eyes and threw the ball. And once I woke up from being clobbered, I looked around and the ball was bouncing around on the field. And I said, went up to the coach and I said, I'm sorry, coach, I probably shouldn't have passed it. He said, what are you talking about? The guy fumbled it. So after that, I became the, the uh, captain of the Chinese bandits for the next week and uh, could do no wrong. But then they put me in the, uh, the opening game of the season. And uh, my job was to uh, go ready on the right, ready on the left, and then drop back to play safety. And uh, that was Weren't the you thrown at the quarterback one time. Well, no, actually, the quarterback was when I was in the Springfield game. I got clobbered in the first game of the season. That was the end of my football career. The guy that uh, received the ball on the opening game of the season got crashed through everybody and and uh, ran right over me. And uh, that's the last I ever <laughs> played football. I had no business in the game. Anyway, so I was. So I did not come from athletically inclined genes, except for my grandfather right there, who played college basketball at Doan College. But if you see me, you probably know that I didn't play college basketball at Doan. Now, let's talk then a little bit then about Arizona basketball. And growing up, my sister was five years younger than me, and my sister had crushes on every single player on the team generally. And we're going to talk about the national championship team. My sister to this day, she declined the interview right here, but my sister to this day, can she doesn't know anything about sports, but she can name Mike Bibby, she can name Miles Simon, she can name A.J. Bramlett, she can name Bennett Davison, because those were all of her crushes right there. That is the family that we grew up in right there. I obviously didn't have the crushes on them. I just wanted to be able to play like them. 
<laughs> um, you try it. You definitely try it. But yeah. and then so again, that's so that's kind of what our odyssey was. So my sister is about five years younger than me, and my parents are trying to stop us from basically fighting the entire time um, because we definitely got into our fair share of arguments right there. But mom, you mentioned something on the phone earlier about how your top priority during a lot of these games was to keep us from getting mad at each other. Well, yeah, and that wasn't always easy. So when you were playing your games, when you got your start at the YMCA and had your games, I don't know, once or twice a week, we would usually find uh, there were usually gymnastic mats laying around in the gym in the high school. So Sarah would go off and uh, entertain herself on the mats practicing her gymnastic routine so that kept you a little bit separated but all right meanwhile i'm playing baseball i was actually a good baseball player and she would drink in the water fountain or she would make sandcastles in the water fountain during the games that's how seriously she was taking all of this stuff right here so um Talk about let's talk about the national championship game. So Arizona wins the national championship right there. And to me, that was surreal because by this time I had been used to getting beaten down by first round losses right right there. You had Miami of Ohio, you had uh, Santa Clara, you had East Tennessee State. When Arizona was playing Rick Patino, who I remember my mom had a crush on at the time and thought was um uh when Arizona was playing Rick Patino. You're thinking to yourself, all right, what could possibly happen right here? And Arizona won. That was the thing that still sticks out to me to this day. That is my my proudest sports moment or my happiest sports moment to this day. Well, they knocked off three number one seeds during that tournament. So that the whole tournament was pretty exciting. Right. All right. I'm going to tell you, though, about we're uh, all right. So we're playing baseball. We got all star almost. It's almost all star season. And College of Charleston is uh, uh, playing. And I had a little league coach who was very intense. I'll just I'll put it to you like that. He was very intense. And so College of Charleston is playing in the uh, the round or uh, they're playing Arizona in the round of thirty two. And I wanted to watch the game. Duh. And the coach said, nope, 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 nope. You got to come to practice. He said, don't worry, we'll have a radio on in the background. That's when my dad stepped in and he said, no, my son will watch the game and then he will come to practice. Dad, you did God's work right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember that. Yeah, well, that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of things that I. That's the kind of things that I remember. But it was a. It was a. It was a fun, fun time growing up for sure. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, what more reads you got here? Well, thanks for asking. Pins and aces. You can be like my dad and go golfing, but it takes somebody else to also look cool going golfing as well. That's where pins and aces comes into play right here. So again, now. Use the you can get the best golf apparel, the accessories out there. You can use code word PHNX. If you're one of somebody like my dad and you see him at Rolling Hills, if you want to look as cool as him, you better have some pens and aces as well. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code PHNX to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com and four peaks. The official brew of PHNX Sports. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, where can I get some Four Peaks? Great question. You can get the Four Peaks at their actual brewery, hence the name Four Peaks. Or you can come to Tap and Bottle, and they have their they have those as well. Or if you want to see the great Jacob Franklin and get some Four Peaks, Jacob, you better show up then. Check out at Four Peaks Brew or at Four Peaks Pub to keep up with the latest in Arizona's hometown brewery. Must be 21 or up to, uh, to enjoy these Four Peaks. Please drink responsibly. All right, we got cool names coming in here. Uh, Kevin Woodman says Jarvis Redwine. Mom remembers Jarvis Redwine. I do, I do remember the name. I don't remember a lot about him, but I do remember you don't really yeah. forget that one. And, yes, Mick Tinglehoff recently put into the Hall of Fame there um, uh, 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 to the great Rich Carrillo. Mom, true story, Rich used to hate me, but you know what? I beat him down with my niceness, and now Rich likes me. 
It's one of my best conversions ever right there. Rich, you're the man. Appreciate you. Sometimes uh, sometimes you have to ad- people have to admire from afar before they come back and uh, like you each mean, other. You mean you just wore him down finally, Mike? Well, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't going anywhere and he wasn't going anywhere. So we're like, you know what? We will shake hands right here. He says, yes, I like Mikey. We'll take that one. All right. Now. I got to tell I got to tell a funny story about my mom and somebody on Twitter that we all know. I'm only going to mention his name once. Chief. So one of his favorite things is to generally go at me and just make up a bunch of stuff. But one of his favorite things to do is to tell people mistakenly that I wasn't born in a place that I was. Mom gets a hold of this on Twitter and mom goes on there and informs him that I gave birth to Michael back off. This is where he was born. Mom, it was one of your most, uh, as the kids say, G moments out there. <laughs> well, some things just can't, well, you can't let them slide. You have to go after them. All right. Now, gr- growing up, I was a big nerd. I got these. I got basically 10 of these per week right here. Cat tracks, sporting news, you name it, I got it. And I get people all the time that ask me, you know, how do you come up with these stats? Or how do you come up with this? How do you come up with that? It's because of all of those subscriptions that my mom got me for, uh, that my mom got me for this. Mom, I got to thank you a ton for that. (laughs) Well, you're welcome, Michael. I guess I never dreamed that with your photographic memory for sports stats that and everything that was in those magazines would go into your brain and stay there. So, well, you know what? Again, I am kind of a uh, yes. Oh, I love this right here. Kevin Woodman, your mom would throat stomp chief. She absolutely would. One hundred percent would right there. Um, OK. On. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Now let's talk about some of our worst memories. The first the worst basketball memory that I have outside of almost dying against Santa Clara was against uh, uh, Illinois. We're watching that game. And I immediately start thinking to myself, because, again, this is the time, you know, fresh out of high school. I'm like, all I really cared about was getting to the final four, because that's where you got all the pub. And I remember I ran into my back room and I turned on the TV and I started seeing what Digger Phelps and Dick Vitale were saying. And then basically Illinois goes on a 45 to nothing run and it goes into overtime and Arizona then loses. I have never been more distraught in my life. Mom, that was probably the lowest moment of my sports life. Well, yeah, I think we were all pretty low that day, but yes, but luckily you weren't eating chicken at the time. So you stay, <laughs> you stayed healthy. So that I was, was not eating chicken at the time. And that was something too, that was very, uh, I think that was very uh, opportune for me not to be eating chicken at that time. Now, so um, growing up, growing up then dad, obviously um, you, uh, you knew Archley. Well, you knew of Arch Schleister in, uh, in college, correct? I did. I did. Actually, he, he came to play after I transferred to the U of A. But uh, I do. I remember him quite well. He he was pretty good at uh, playing cards too, if I recall. Or, dad, that Dad, that was that was a funny joke right there. <laughs> well, uh, I I remember mostly people like Archie Griffin, and uh, I had a couple of fraternity brothers that, that played football. But I really wasn't into football when I went to Ohio State. And as a matter of fact, in 1964, I was able to to sell my ticket that was in the third tier in the, the nosebleed section for twenty bucks. Now, you might not be able to tell this by looking at me, but with dad, dad dated almost every sorority girl at Ohio State. Here's the best story. I love going through the scrapbooks because and dad would uh, I I would ask dad, who's this? Oh, I dated her. uh, She was uh, uh, Phi Theta Gamma, this or that. And then so finally, like after like the fifth or sixth one, he says, oh, I mean, you know, trying to minimize it. Dad, you had a robust dating life in college. Admit it. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Well, you got to remember, I was also elected the ugliest man on campus at the University of Arizona, though. Right. No, that was good. Oh, by the way, Kevin just said right here, he saw what you did right there. Ha, I see. But you got to date a, uh, didn't you get to date a porn star or something? I was the Playboy's Playmate of the Year. Oh, sorry. All right. Yeah, I do apologize. I do apologize for that one. (laughs) Same thing. Precursor, precursors right there. Um, but uh, 
that was always that that was always something that was always struck me a little bit is dad's uh, dad's ability right there to um uh uh <laughs> to be able to find that one. Okay, um, how did you guys meet? Derek Pivko says, "How did your parents meet?" It's a good question. I know the answer, but I'll let them speak. I'll let you answer that. <laughs> well, it's a good thing we didn't meet when we were both both in Nebraska and he was in Grand Island because I probably would have taken one look and run as fast as I could in the opposite direction. But um, we actually lived in the same. Nice. We lived in the same apartment complex in uh, Tucson and he was always sitting down by the pool uh, working on grading papers or or whatever and so he kept trying to start conversations with me when i'd walk by Uh look at dad right there hopping in i see it and he'd say oh you you really should come up to my apartment and see my door display i'm working on a traveling display for the university and i've got all of these door panels um all around my apartment as I'm working on him. And I thought to myself, yeah, right. I've heard lines before, but gosh, this is a new one. And it wasn't BS? No, I went up finally. And uh, lo and behold, there were 13 full-size door panels around his apartment where he was working on this display. But the funniest thing was when I finally agreed to go out with him, he, he came down and he knocked on my door and my roommate answered the door. And here's this character standing there with a gorilla mask on and gorilla hairy gloves on to pick up his date. And I just turned to my roommate and I said, I think you need to go out with him. I'm not going. But anyway, here so- we are. So he was persistent then. And you guys got married very young in life. This is correct. Not really. No, no. I was 33. All right. I was, I was 28. <laughs> it was a joke. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, who should know that, Michael? I was going to say, my, my dad had my sister uh, when he was um, 43 years old right there. So, again, you know, and uh, – I think she turned out all right. I'm still not totally sure of that, though. We'll have to uh, we'll have to look into that now. You might say to yourself, Mike, where can I catch more of this? Well, great. Thanks for asking. Fubo TV. Fubo TV is where it's at. And if you want to see more of Ted Wardo right there, Mom, let's get a little Ted Wardo shot in there. All right, there he is right there. The king of the underbite, himself the great. But Fubo TV, sign up through the link in the description. For people still looking for clear-cut cable, uh, you should be able to watch your favorite Arizona sports shows, 140 live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. You can watch the Wildcats on Valley Sports with Fubo TV. Use the link in the description to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo TV. All right, now... um, Oh, I do like this right here. Kevin Wood, the great Kevin Woodman. Tell your mom, if it doesn't work out with your dad, I am going to shoot my shot with her. I love that, Kevin Woodman. (laughs) Very cool right there. My man, man, do I miss Uncle Kev. Um, On on, on a serious on a serious note, though, like I wanted to I wanted to have my I wanted to have my parents on. First of all, it's uh, a. it's Mother's Day this week. I will be spending the night at your guys' place. You have been so for you've been warned so far that I will be there. Um, but honestly, like I in, in actuality though, I never and I'm super blessed. I because I never lacked for anything growing up. Now again, um I probably wasn't always the easiest person to be around at times, junior year in high school, but um like I said, though, I never lacked for anything, and I, I I try to never forget that, and that's because of what they did, what they put me through. Like, I'll give you an idea. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Derek Pivko, yes, this is a great example. Mike, can you talk about how great your parents were a few months ago when you were stranded in Sacramento? Uh, yeah, I can. This is the worst travel story I can ever tell anybody right here. So I getting into Sacramento was an absolute mess. Um, I basically, I got, it was about a, it was about a 12 hour layover. Well, I thought that would turn out and 
They said, and they lost my luggage or they said that um, I would have to come back and get the luggage later on. It was an absolute mess, but it got, gets far worse. So I have a 6 a.m. flight out of Sacramento. So I'm at the airport by four. They keep pushing it back. They keep pushing it back. They keep pushing it back. And that flight, that specific flight did not take off for the next 39 hours as they kept pushing it back every three to four hours. Meanwhile, my mom says, screw this. I'm booking you a flight home with Southwest. She did just that. And I got home unscathed. And guess who was waiting for me at the airport to pick me up at midnight? Nobody else but my dad, Vance Luke. That is my parents in a nutshell right there. (laughs) You care to add anything or should I just keep giving you the uh, virtues right there? Well, aren't you still getting uh, delay notices on that flight? I got delay notices for the next three days. And about how, and I kid you not, I got delay notices. And that was put in our claim right there. So, again, keep that, uh, keep that in mind right there. Um, but, like I said, in all fairness, I've wanted to do this for quite a while because I, um, growing up, I was really depressed when I wasn't able to become a professional basketball player. I know you look at me and you say, how did you not become a professional basketball player? But I did it. Um, And I was always looking for kind of that next avenue in life. I, I always knew I wanted to be around sports. I wanted to be able to talk about it. And from putting me through college for like nine years, um, to supporting me everywhere I went, whether it was dealing with, you know, obviously, stuff with rich has been well chronicled but they were my uh these these two right here were my backbone um there was a time not too long ago where every day i woke up and i was dreading the day and you know what got me through it was you know faith but a big part of it though was my parents that were always there for me and again just truly truly blessed because with uh without them i don't know because again my two, three years ago, I encountered an experience in my life that I never thought that I would encounter. And I had no, um, I had no real ability to be able to navigate it. And that's what they were there for. Again, anything that I've done good in life, any entertainment I brought to anybody out there is because of these two people right there. And again, I couldn't be, uh, I couldn't be more blessed and Ted Wardo as well. You're part of the equation as well, buddy. Well, I have to say in your defense, Michael, in terms of your basketball skills, you may not have had the uh, physical stature to get you into the league, but your shooting abilities were just off the charts. They certainly were. I mean, maybe it started in the driveway with your eight-foot basket. I don't know. But – you were dead eye and you could outshoot. I remember going back to Nebraska for vacations and you'd enter shooting contests in the, the local uh, park, whatever. Invariably you would win them. And the next guy wasn't even close and you are still a dead eye. So. Yeah. But again, all, like I said, none of that could happen without you. Uh, Rich Carrillo says, for Mike, did your mom ever attend the NCAA uh, College World Series in Omaha, Old Rosenblatt Stadium? He did. Yes. Why? Was he there? <laughs> I was going to say, Rich is a sportsman. I could see Rich being at some of those for sure. Yeah. But um, that's the great thing about oh, – Nebraska is actually kind of an under – there's parts of Nebraska that are kind of underrated. Not Crete, um, but – a place like Omaha, it's got some pretty cool stuff to it right there. Um, but also, oh, also, I got to do, I got to do the bet MGM read again, though. You know what? Because sometimes people listen to the show and they think to themselves, "Man, I'd like to hear that again, not just once, but twice." By the way, Rich Carrillo, Omaha, if you go there, is the land of. Uh, um, first of all. Uh, there's a lot more history to it than people think. It's the first African, uh, majority African-American city in the entire Midwest. Not many people know that. Birthplace of Bob Gibson, uh, Gail Sayers, um, where Mal- uh, Malcolm X, a lot of different people right there. So it's not not everybody in Creighton or not everybody in Omaha looks like me and Ma. So I'll just put it to you like that. But kind of an interesting spot right there. Um, now, 
real quick, BetMGM again. Now, you might say to yourself, Mike, you already read this spot. Well, guess what? I'm going to read it again. Here's the deal. You can pull, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live, but for our Arizona audience, you will get up to $100 in bonus bets um, on your first wager with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. And again, you could be watching this and thinking to yourself that, yeah, what would my mom do? Mom, do you like uh, do you like the Suns to win the next game? Do they bounce back? Uh, I hope so. Yeah, I. Is that a, is that a yes or a no? They're gonna do it. They well, yes, because they. All got- right, Janet Luke is putting it down, putting down the gauntlet. Bet MGM now. Let's check it out. Um, let's check out the disclaimer from the great Shane Diefenbach. Disclaimer 21 plus to wager. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. You get that all down there. All right. Did you get all that in? All right. No, I took it all down. Okay. But again, everybody out there, I've been wanting to do this for quite a while. Um, The, uh, and again, uh, Kevin Woodman, really appreciate you hopping in here again. Like I said, I would not have been on the air without, I would not have been on the air without you. Um, It's, it's, it's really that simple. Um, You had every reason not to put me on the air. Well, let's be honest. I, 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 I grew on you a little bit there, but you you could have easily not put me on the air, gone with somebody else, but you went against your immediate superior, and I I will forever be indebted to you on that one. And don't forget, I'm not done with you yet. But um, everybody in here, really appreciate it. I wanted to do this for a while. It's Mother's Day. Dad, what do you have to say? Mom, what do you have to say? And then Ted Wardo will get the last word. <laughs> well, Ted Wardo's chewing his bone right now, so I don't know that he'll say much, but... Well, I'm just, thank you for the opportunity of coming coming to us. And we couldn't be more proud of you, Michael. And you, as I've often said to you, you are living your dream and not everybody gets a chance to do that. So, and you're living it well, and we just couldn't be more proud of you. But next time we need to continue the discussion about the Suns and DeAndre Ayton. All right, you brought it up. We're not signing off yet. Mom has been annoyed by DeAndre Ayton from day one. Mom, what is your problem with DeAndre Ayton? Because it has always been an issue. Well, it didn't keep me up at night uh, issue. But I've just never been that impressed with his, uh, of course, he's got, he checks all the boxes as far as physicality and all of the attributes he brings to the game. Uh, the first time I was totally underwhelmed was when they went down to the uh, tournament in the Bahamas. And that just is like, what? This guy? I understand one bad game, but three bad games? And I've just never liked his intensity and his effort on the court, you know, and I must say last night he had a good game, not great. I just always feel like he could do more. You prefer Umar Ballo. Is this correct? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Michael, uh, the comparison I made with Ballo and Aiton had more to do with emotion and intensity and investment in the game and wanting to be there and trying his best and, you know, just playing outside of himself. I've never seen that from Aiton, and I would love to see it because then I think you would like a leader of men moment out of DeAndre Ayton. I would like a leader of men game out of, <laughs> of out of Ayton. 
So. All right. Uh, as far as my dad goes, my dad is a man of few words. Um, I have to say. What do you have to say? Is Kevin Woodman still on? Kevin Woodman is still on here. Okay. Well, I just want to do a shout out for Kevin because one of the I, – I had no idea that you would ever become what you have become back when you were in junior high or, or later. But uh, I just want to thank Kevin for all the, the wonderful things that he's done for you over the years. But I would like you to comment about the Lincoln administration. Can you bring that one up, Michael? The Lincoln administration. You don't remember that? Oh, I do remember that. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Rock rock, this since the Lincoln administration. I do. I had forgotten all about that. That's funny. I thought that was something. Yeah, I know for sure. Um, Dad always liked when you would do this day in sports because Kevin would come up with some call or some Cleveland uh, Indians baseball every now and then the dad would actually be able to relate to. And that always cracked me up there a little bit. Um, by the way, who's the only guy to hit a baseball out of Cleveland Stadium, Dad? Go ahead. I thought it was Rocky Colavito. No, Rocky Colavito had four back-to-back home runs. Ah, and, so he hit eight if he had four back-to-back. Kumar said, when you mentioned that on online, your uh, uh, Kevin mentioned that that now was that during the uh, Lincoln administration? <laughs> yes, yes, that was that was definitely it for it's sure. My sports background. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like I said, my dad's a man of few words, but I will put it to you like this. Um, uh, I don't know a more pure hearted person in the world. Um, uh, we didn't have much. We didn't have much in, uh, uh, in um, you know, we didn't have much, uh, much of the same interest. I'll put it to you like that growing up. But um, dad raised me right, though. And uh, he was always there for me, whether he needed to get my little get on my little league baseball coach or always being there at games. Um it just, uh, like I said, it's been a privilege. And um, all right, uh, Rich Carrillo, does, does Pops know that Bob Feller and the Indians used to train at High Corbett? That's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I sh- we went there once. First time I came in at Tucson, Jimmy Dudley was uh, broadcasting the Indians game, which was the same person who broadcast all the games in Cleveland. So there's a lot of connection between the Cleveland Indians and Tucson. Right. All right. We're going to we're, we're going to sign off here. But again, really appreciate you guys. Is Ted Wardo, has he left? No, he's, he's here. Get, here, here. here buddy. Where is Ted Wardo? Ted Wardo has to be part of this sign off here. He's a reluctant star. He is. He's nice. Oh, oh, look at Ted Wardo right there. Hello, Ted Wardo. All right. But again. <laughs> all right. For uh, mom and dad, for Teddy Luke. I am Mike Luke. And again, everybody on there uh, that uh, uh, contributed, really appreciated you, really appreciate you, current, not pres- or past tense, and the great Jacob Franklin behind the scenes, appreciate it as well. I'll be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.